This afternoon I preach you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the church in Lord's Days 28 and 29 of the Heidelberg Catechism. We'll read these questions and answers together as they reflect our confession, what we believe to be true. Like to read along, you can find that on them on starting on page 542 in the Book of Praise. Here the church confesses, how does the Lord's Supper signify and seal to you that you share in Christ one sacrifice on the cross and in all his gifts? In this way, Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup in remembrance of him. With this command, he gave these promises. First, surely as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me and the cup given to me, so surely was his body offered for me and his blood poured out for me on the cross. Second, as surely as I receive from the hand of the minister and taste with my mouth the bread and the cup of the Lord as sure signs of Christ's body and blood, so surely does he himself nourish and refresh my soul to eternal life. What does it mean to eat the crucified body of Christ and to drink his shed blood? First, to accept with a believing heart all the suffering and the death of Christ and so receive the forgiveness of sins and life eternal. Second, to be united more and more to his sacred body through the Holy Spirit who lives both in Christ and in us. Therefore, although Christ is in heaven and we are on earth, yet we are flesh of his flesh, bone of his bones, and we forever live and are governed by one spirit as members of our body are by one soul. Where has Christ promised that he will nourish and refresh with his body and blood, as believers with his body and blood, as surely as they eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup in the institution of the Lord's Supper. And there's two passages, first passage, 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 26. The Lord Jesus in the night when he was betrayed took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The promise is repeated by Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 and 17, where he says, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Are then the bread and wine changed into the real body and blood of Christ? No, just as the water of baptism is not changed into the blood of Christ, and is not the washing away of sins itself, but is simply God's sign and pledge, so also the bread in the Lord's Supper does not become the body of Christ itself, although it is called Christ's body in keeping with the nature and usage of sacraments. Why then does Christ call the bread his body and the cup 
his blood or the new covenant in his blood? And why does Paul speak of a participation in the body and blood of Christ? Christ speaks this way in this way for a good reason. He wants to teach us by his supper that as bread and wine sustain us in this temporal life, so his crucified body and shed blood are true food and drink for our souls to eternal life. But even more important, he wants to assure us by this visible sign and pledge, first, that through the working of the Holy Spirit, we share in his true body and blood, as surely as we receive with our mouth these holy signs in remembrance of him. And second, that all his suffering and obedience are as certainly ours as if we personally had suffered and paid for our sins. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the gospel is an announcement that is based on Scripture that God graciously grants everyone who believes in Jesus Christ the forgiveness of all their sins and everlasting life because of the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. What a, what a message for the world. And the gospel goes out to, to all the world. We're called to, to preach it to all people without discrimination, preaching it as an offer, an announcement that comes with an urgent call to recognize your sins, to repent, to believe that you might be saved from the coming wrath. Everyone who does believe is united to Christ as a body is united to its head. And so they share in, in all his riches, life eternal, righteousness and glory. And in order to strengthen and nourish that faith in him, the Lord has given believers holy signs and seals. We saw and witnessed baptism as one of them. And the other is Lord's Supper. They assure us that our entire salvation rests on Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross. The Lord's Supper is one of the sacraments we confess together, just read it, that the Lord's Supper signifies and seals to every individual Christian who has professed his or her faith in Jesus Christ that they truly and certainly share in Christ's one sacrifice on the cross and in all his gifts. And then we ask the question, well, how can a supper give such assurance? And that's what Lord's Days 28 and 29 of the Catechism are explaining. They're explaining why that part of our confession. And they do so by carefully examining the signs and symbols of the meal that our Lord Jesus Christ himself instituted when he was here on the earth. We can find the institution of the Lord's Supper in the Gospels. We read one version of that in Luke chapter 22. And when we read that, you, you noticed how the Holy Spirit allows us to see what the first Lord's Supper looked like. Luke 22, 
tells us that Jesus and his disciples, they were together to celebrate the Old Testament feast of Passover. The Passover lamb had already been sacrificed. The meat was there on the table along with bitter herbs and leavened bread, wine. And the disciples were around the table. They were reclining, reclining around the table as was the custom in that day. And they were remembering how the Lord had saved them, everyone who believed in him from, from the angel of death when the Israelites were in the land of, of Egypt as, as slaves. They were recognizing that they were still part of this people, special people who shared in the favor, the mercy of God. They were waiting that Messiah would fulfill the promise of the Lamb. And then during that very Passover meal, it's like we were looking through a window when we read Luke 22, during that, that very meal while they were eating, our Lord Jesus instituted a new sacrament that was no longer based on an animal lamb, but that was based on his work. And so he announced to the world, to the church of all ages and places in the world, that he was taking the place of the Passover lamb. The new covenant would be based on his blood that was shed on the cross. And then he connected these wonderful promises to two signs. A cup containing the fruit of the vine that he distributed to his disciples. And a loaf of bread that he broke and, and gave to the disciples. It was the sacrament that our Lord Jesus instituted not only to be celebrated once with his disciples, but for all times and all places, wherever his church is gathered, until he comes. That's very clear in 1 Corinthians 11. Do this until I come. And since this church, this congregation here, together, uh, gathered together, continues to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, it's very important to understand the meaning, the signs, and the promises for our lives. And that's the theme, the gospel this afternoon. At his supper, our Lord refreshes believers with his as surely as promise. Surely as you accept Christ with a believing heart, so surely will he nourish and refresh your souls. And so the catechism, we look back to that, we see how it goes through the signs and seals of the Lord's Supper. Explains to us how the Lord's Supper is signifying and sealing to us that, that we have union with Christ. We're truly united with our Savior in heaven. And the catechism highlights, it picks out all those visible signs and seals that were preserved throughout the centuries after Jesus first instituted the Lord's Supper. And you'll notice that everything in, in the meal that was connected to Passover and to the Jewish way of life, those things fall away. They don't come up again in our confession. The lamb, the bitter herbs, the remembrance of Egypt, the timing, the dates, and even 
the reclining, all that is, is left are the bread which Jesus had broken that was like the bread he had broken, the cup containing the fruit of the vine that, like that which Jesus had taken, the expression, the prayer of thankfulness, and the actions of distributing it and receiving this bread and wine in the context of a meal together with other believers. Those are the basic elements preserved through all the ages in all places in the world. Besides that, throughout the centuries and in different countries and cultures, even today, there may be variations in practice concerning the frequency, how many times the Lord's Supper is celebrated. And there may be many styles of celebrating this supper, standing or sitting or reclining, with or without a table. The bread may be in different forms. The strength and the color of the fruit of the vine may be different. Yet the faithful celebration will always include the same basic elements, those that we, we read about in our catechism, those signs and seals. And then our catechism, in our confession, we, we explain why these remaining parts are important. They're meaningful because they confirm the gospel of salvation for all believers. And so look with me and, and see what happens in the Lord's Supper. It's, it's a picture. The catechism is, is working with a very visual manner of speaking. And it all starts with seeing. It says here, as surely as I see with my eyes. Well, what do you see with your eyes? But seeing is an option for all God's children in the building, as well as, as anyone who may be visiting. They can all see. Even those who don't believe in Jesus Christ can see what is happening. They can, they can be taught about the gospel promise by observing the visible signs. The simple action of, of eating the bread and drinking the cup that we do in a public way that can be seen is a way that proclaims the death of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes. That's what our apostle says in 1 Corinthians. People can see the bread of the Lord, the bread that symbolizes the Lord Jesus' body but doesn't become Christ's body. And it serves as a proclamation that Jesus really did die on the cross. People can see the signs. Everybody in the building can see bread, real, tangible, touchable bread being broken. We can see the cup and even the wine being poured into it. These are real things that form the basis of the as surely as promise of the Lord's Supper. The bread and the cup of the Lord, we confess, are sure signs of Christ's body and blood. And then those who have professed their faith in Jesus Christ, that unity they have with him, all those who profess their faith, they can move from the, the seeing to the next verb that we read about is, is receiving. And with the word receiving, we mean taking 
according to the command of Christ. Receiving is, is doing what Jesus commanded us to do when he said, take it. So we receive what is being handed and offered to us. Well, the actions, now picture it again, a real celebration of the Lord's Supper. You receive, you take the bread. Well, that action of receiving the tray of, of broken bread pieces and then taking a piece for yourself because you believe that bread is a sure sign of Christ's crucified body, that receiving is an important part of the celebration. Receiving the bread, receiving the cup, that's actually a declaration that you're making to the whole world. You're telling the world, I am a sinner. And I believe that my salvation rests on the work of Jesus Christ. You're telling the world, I need his righteousness. I'm thankful for his grace to me. We do it silently. We just take a piece of bread. But if we did it speaking, if we did it explaining what we were doing, we would say, I, I accept with a believing heart all the suffering and death of Jesus Christ for me and in my place. The hand grasping the piece of bread is like the soul turning to Jesus Christ as the only Savior for your salvation. And the last physical action that those who participate in the supper do is taste. Taste with the mouth. We eat the bread. We drink from the cup. Our mind thinks of the our minds think of the meals, regular meals that, that nourish our bodies, that give us strength, the drinks that refresh our souls and, and give us a joyous outlook on life. Immediately we can see, we, we experience it that we are we are being united, that being united to Christ has benefits for every part of our lives. We can we can feel it even as we're eating and drinking. The Holy Spirit actually uses the act of eating and drinking the elements of bread and wine to draw us closer to Christ Jesus and to the other believers that our catechism refers to as Christ's sacred body. When we taste the bread and drink from the cup, we know that this is not just a memorial meal that draws our minds back to a historical event. But through the very act of, of tasting, God the Holy Spirit is strengthening our ties to our head, our husband who is in heaven. And the Catechism even speaks of it as flesh of our flesh and bone of our bones, using the marriage analogy. The meal that tie is being strengthened. The consistent message of our confession, your confession, the one you speak. In Lord's Days 28 and 29, it focuses on how the Holy Spirit teaches and assures us of the salvation that Jesus Christ has already obtained for us. 
And so there's always the other side. There's the as surely as, so certainly. As surely as you see the broken bread and the cup of blessing on the day that we celebrate Lord's Supper here in Emmanuel, so surely did Christ Jesus die on a cross. And as surely as you see that broken, that bread broken for you, and the cup given to you, so surely did he die on a cross for you. Surely as you are offered the bread and the cup with the command of Christ Jesus to take it in faith, and surely as you receive them with your mouth and, and taste the bread and the wine, so surely can you know that his crucified body and shed blood are the true food and drink that are nourishing and refreshing your souls to eternal life. It's a mystery to explain how that all works. It's the work of God, the work of the Spirit. But if you participated in Lord's Supper, you know what I'm talking about. When you eat the bread as a symbol of Christ's body, and then we could add the quote of the catechism in keeping with the nature and usage of sacraments, his body symbolized with the bread. And when you drink the wine as a symbol of the new covenant in Christ's blood, you can know without a doubt that your sins are forgiven. That you will never be separated from the love of God for us in Christ Jesus. As surely as you accept Jesus Christ with a believing heart, as surely as you can see, receive, and taste the bread and wine, as surely as your heart is made glad at the moment of celebration, yes, that's how sure you can be about your union with Christ in heaven, your identity in him. Surely, as the bread and the drink you consume is now a part of your body physically, so surely are you united to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the beautiful thing, our catechism does such a nice job of putting it into words, but the beautiful thing is is that not only does the Lord's Supper assure repentant believers of their forgiveness and their justification, that they're declared righteous, but the Lord's Supper is also a guarantee of our sanctification, that process of, of living in the new life that we have in Christ. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ also has the Holy Spirit who is actively working in our hearts, who is transforming our lives. In fact, the very act of participating in the Lord's Supper that the Spirit brought you to do, you'll find this, you know this, but it serves to strengthen you in your battle against sin and temptation. You find that, right? It equips you, gives you that resolve, assures you of the, the greater picture. It shows you the, the light of Christ even brighter so that the, the somewhat, what you thought was the glitter of temptations disappears. 
The act of participating gives you peace. Your sorrows and your distress, it's such a comfort to know who you are. It puts the suffering, the distress in perspective. The very act of participating fills you with the resolve to walk closely with your covenant God. So the Holy Spirit is using the Lord's Supper, Supper that our Lord Jesus Christ instituted, the bread and the cup, to, to focus your faith. And we even say it not on the symbols of bread and wine, but on Jesus Christ, who is the true food and drink of life eternal. The Holy Spirit is lifting our eyes up to the source of, of all salvation. Because of your faith, because of your believing heart, because of your desire to receive and taste, the gospel message is that God will treat you as if you had done all that Christ did for you. As if you were the, the perfectly righteous one. As if you personally suffered and died to, to pay for your sins forever. As if you were raised up to new life. That's why we could pray for Stella, a prayer that she may appear without terror before the judgment seat of Christ, her head. The prayer answered already here when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. The connection between the bread and the body of Christ was made clear in 1 Corinthians 10, also referred to in our catechism. Everyone who participates in the blood of Christ through the cup of blessing, the body of Christ through the the bread that we break. And then the Lord promises to work in us all that is symbolized, all that he represents to us by these signs. That's good that we have that promise because the signs on their own are not very impressive. It's just an ordained man handing out broken bread, poured out wine to members of Christ's church who have publicly professed their faith. It's not much to see. You're watching live stream. But then look again at those very same things. With your Bible open, the promises of God and His Son, Jesus Christ, echoing in your minds and the Spirit working that reality in your heart. Look at the same things again. That's what the catechism does. And then you will see the unfathomable depths of the grace and mercy of God that are represented to us in these signs. Christ Jesus, who conquered sin and death, is now seated at the right hand of his Father in heaven. We are united to him already now. And he allows us to share in the eternal spiritual banquet through his ordained servant who breaks and distributes the symbols of bread and wine in this church building. And brothers and sisters, let the promise of the gospel, the reality of Christ's work, the activity of the Holy Spirit now, 
nourish and refresh your souls. Because as surely as you accept with a believing heart, so surely you receive the eternal nourishment from Christ. Amen.